Welcome to Descriptive, a podcast about JavaScript and other things. This is episode 14, discussing the EmbaConf 2015 opening keynote. Okay, um, so welcome to Descriptive. Uh, I'm Khalil and uh, I'm here with uh, Henning Blattergertz. Hey, how's it going? Hey. So, um, so as we said in the last episode, which we did together, um, where I basically introduced you and interviewed you and stuff, we're going to do um, some episodes um, uh, together where we discuss things. And um, uh, this is one of these episodes. And we are we chose we basically chose the um, Ember. The Ember opening keynote, Ember Conf opening keynote, which um, which we both watched on YouTube and very much enjoyed, and also already raved about in the last episode. Um, we're gonna take that. We kind of we took we took notes, and we we're gonna walk through that um, keynote and um, and basically discuss what we liked about it. Um, just a quick disclaimer. I think I definitely um, also from Henning. The, you had this. Uh, you had one of your friends. I think uh, give you some feedback about the episode. And um, what I definitely picked up in that feedback is that we came across as uh, like kind of uh, you know Ember fanboys. <laughs> you know, and which yeah. is which is fine i think which is also true but um i i i just want to um have a uh, put a quick uh disclaimer here at the beginning where i'm going to say that um i like a lot what i'm seeing um about um in ember and around ember and every on all that stuff and 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 i'm a, i'm a fan whatever but um, that doesn't mean that i think that other frameworks are bad or anything like that just yeah even I mean, I even, right. even sorry, even though even though I said that you know um, Angular directives, uh, I felt they were messy or whatever. Like that's just a that's just a you know personal kind of experience of working with it, and um, and uh, <clears throat> I don't even have like super in depth experience with it or whatever. It's all very subjective and opinion and stuff. Yeah, like of that, course, so. it's our opinions, and I think it's just. Mainly because, um, you know, I started working with that quite a bit now. Um, I like what I saw, and this is just a current topic right now. Um, yeah, so today is going to be a little more gushing over Ember, but there will be other topics. <laughs> exactly. This is not an Ember podcast, but... Uh, exactly. But it is today, basically. <laughs> yeah, so um, so let's get it started. So um, so the 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 first point uh, or section in the in the opening keynote that i thought was interesting was was the apps was that the same one for you or do you have uh, yeah i thought it was great that they um well first of all the the whole feeling of the, of the conference was um i don't know they they tried to do you know made it make it exciting and announce uh, tons of things sort of maybe in a in an apple keynote kind of way that's mm -hmm. what what it reminded me of yeah. and i think they did a great job and one of the things they did is, you know, list their accomplishments and just put out their um, the the noteworthy apps. And I think one of the biggest ones that are most recognizable in a dev community is the Heroku dashboard um, that got mm -hmm. a lot of applause. But there's a bunch of others, too, of course. Yeah, I thought that the, what's interesting definitely is the Ghost um, backend, which is written in Ember. 
because it is open source because you can definitely uh, you can learn from that you can you can see how they're building uh, a big amber application and uh, yeah those are definitely the most interesting if you, if you can just go and and actually look at the source code of a fairly large app that now hopefully is built with ember cli i mean that's so valuable that's awesome mm -hmm. yeah yeah i was surprised to see beatport on there um beatport is is like a, just a shop for electronic music like an online store um where you can buy electronic music uh tom dale called it like a hip dj thing <laughs> You wouldn't yeah. know anything about it, but it's actually, I mean, it is, it is just a store. It's just, uh, DJs definitely, um, mostly use it because electronic music, nobody really buys it. They just listen to it on whatever, um, in the club or whatever, uh, most people or in festivals. Um, but yeah, that was surprising. So that's pretty cool. And, um, what I, what I thought was cool too, was to see a uh, square cash on there, which is, um, uh very just recently launched app if i understand that correctly where you can actually send cash to people i i think it's only maybe only possible in the us but you can very quickly over the their web app basically send people um cash i think small amounts very easy to send oh that's cool yeah i haven't looked at that and wasn't familiar with it yeah yeah yeah, so but I thought the sort of the and right after they did that, they sort of announced the Tomster, and then actual mascot came walking in, mm -hmm. <laughs> which I I thought um, was was kind of kind of cool because the whole to me the whole conference, um, the feeling or the big takeaway for me was is that community is like important. Then they tried to sort of build camaraderie, I guess, because they they even had like a photo booth and uh, people could take pictures with the mascot. And you saw those popping up all over Twitter, so I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah, definitely. I I think they also said that he's visiting the Tomsters, visiting um, Ember meetups all over the place, or something <laughs> like that. Which yeah. is pretty cool to send send a guy to come and hug people or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very nice. Yeah. So um, after that, they basically went into the recaps and. Um, so the stuff that I wrote down here was that um, what was notable for me was that uh, the rapid release cycle has been um, working out for them, um, which they started last year. Um, the rapid release cycle basically means that they have a release, an Ember release every six weeks. And they also have uh, three different types of releases. So I, I actually don't know. Um, which of those are all of those released every six weeks? Like the 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 I think it's a beta release. Yeah, the the canary. The way I the understand canary. it is the canary becomes the beta. The beta becomes stable. Oh yeah, okay. and um, that's how they move forward. So basically, everything that makes it into one of those three, it's just sort of trickles down. They don't necessarily have a fixed set of features that they want to release for the next release. It's just in six weeks, whatever is ready. Mm -hmm. For that, that goes out the door. Yeah, I find this approach uh, quite interesting. Um, the strength that this approach has, um, according to them, is that they, um, because it's a very short cycle, <clears throat> or yeah, a short release cycle, it means that they can't get a lot of features in um, each uh, in each release, and 
that makes it very easy for developers to to update to the newest version every six weeks. Exactly. And I can confirm that I've done that a few times and it's it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. So it works nicely. Yeah, so that's so that's very interesting because it also means that um in the Ember world when it when they're gonna move from uh, a major version number to uh, to the next major version number that there's going to be breaking changes but you will be prepared for that pretty well and even the the move to the breaking uh to the breaking version basically um is is going to is going to be easier than in other than in uh most other frameworks right but basically they they keep backward compatibility and start putting in deprecation warnings exactly and then in the major release they then actually remove it so by that point you have to get on the same page otherwise yeah, you but will have exactly changes. yeah and you have all this time during the 1x uh deprecation warnings to remove those warnings because also apparently those warnings tell you how how to use it or how to do the same thing in the new way, basically. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's awesome, and <clears throat> they also have an RFC process. So, do you actually know what RFC means? It's request for comments. So basically, ah, somebody okay. that uh, that can um, <clears throat> doesn't have to actually be a very technical person. So anybody can suggest something, and if they can write down what they have in mind for something new, a new feature or a change. Then they can put that in words, and then it basically starts a discussion. And uh, sort of in that discussion, they try to formalize what what should. So that's um, yeah. They they have a new new ember or a tomster um, thing. They have like the the steel one for the release, the wood for the beta, that crazy canary looking one for the canary, obviously, and then they have this blueprint one now for RFCs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and that basically make, makes it easy for people who don't have time um, to commit code but want to be involved in, in, the, in how Amber develops. They can basically jump into the, in the RFC process and, and just do some discussing. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so very inclusive again. Um, yep. So that's very cool. Um, yeah, so the next... Um, point i have is that the html bars um basically landed last year i think or just at the end of the year or something like yeah that. it was in one in 1.10 um which was the previous release they just came out with 111 mm -hmm. yep uh this took a little bit longer than they had anticipated um i don't know what the details are there but uh basically they you know rewrote the entire layer there so can't blame them for that yeah, yeah, very interesting. Um, I was under the impression that HTML bars is going to introduce um, a virtual DOM, but that was actually not the case. That's only coming with this uh, this new Glimmer engine engine that HTML bars basically apparently facilitates. Yeah, it's sort of the 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 building block or stepping stone for the next thing, which yeah. is Glimmer. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I think it enables a whole bunch of things um, for that, which I guess we'll get to. Um, but it comes with a bunch of other things like, you know, HTML validation, 
So at mm -hmm. compile time, they can validate uh, HTML templates and give you warnings. And um, yeah, it's I guess it's faster um, because it's not no longer string concatenation and it's mm -hmm. uh, got less memory consumption. So and it's going to get better process. in the future. They said, yeah, with with the memory consumption. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they have uh, block params now, which is apparently easier to use um, if you wanna if you wanna uh, cycle through an array or something like that. Yeah, they had some unintuitive. Um, things, for example, if you had an A tag and you wanted to put the URL in href, you had to actually use this strange um, construct called bind adder, mm -hmm. and it just it didn't make sense to me. And I it took me a long time to figure out, you know, that you had to do it that way, which kind of sucked. And now, basically, you can just write it as you as you would how it's natural. You just put the the curly braces in the in the href, um, and you're done. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, <clears throat> and also they um, they removed the metamorph tag, which was yep. this weird scripts thing that was wrapping. Um, exactly, your code looked really weird, or the the output HTML looked really strange. Yeah, and uh, they are enabling angle bracketed bracketed compo components. So that yep. was a big thing, basically. Um, <clears throat> how you would how you would um, how you would integrate uh, web components with uh, like an angle bracketed um, HTML-like uh, um, tag. That's uh, apparently, I don't know if it's already possible or if they're going to make it possible in HTML bars. I think that's a thing to come yet. I think it's in Canary right now is what they said. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that that's that was HTML bars, um, and then so what they also what they also had basically uh, that's something that I only learned now because the last time I I um, did something with Ember was, was like was like mid last year, and I don't think that add-ons was a big thing back then. Or maybe it was. I I don't know. But no, that's that's fairly recent. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, what, I mean, they've been doing so much work on Ember CLI, and um, that was something that came out uh, pretty recently. Yeah, so those add-ons uh, seem to be uh, extremely useful because an add-on can do all kinds of things. Basically, uh, it kind of hooks into the, the CLI, so you can, you can extend whatever the CLI, the Ember CLI can do, you can you can put in some middleware. You can do some pre-processing, for instance, uh, you know your your SAS pre-processing or less like those things. Um, you can put in some some custom configuration. You can you can create some generators. Um, you can do build processing. You can uh, you have like errors, custom errors you can create. You can add. Uh, custom linters to uh, to test your output and all kinds of all kinds of stuff so this this is this really uh impressed me when when they were talking about this yeah and i think the the biggest or the thing that i think is really cool is that basically you can package it up and publish it mm -hmm. and um you know push it to npm and uh have it you know share it essentially it's it's a way to share code now within an ember application either yeah. your own stuff privately among your own apps or publicly 
by open sourcing something that you can then have everybody use. Yeah, so, so this is this is something that I find extremely like this is a really 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 important point because Ember CLI. So basically, this is this is a community that um, they all work with the same framework and they all work with it in the same way. They all use Ember CLI. They all agreed upon the fact that Ember CLI is our build tool and it's the best build tool for Ember. <clears throat> for 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 amber uh, projects and you can do and it basically does everything for you but at the same time if you have specific needs uh, if you have to extend the cli the build process the middleware if you need some pre-processing that is maybe unusual um, or custom in, in some way you can integrate that very easily um, with those add-ons <clears throat> And you can, so you still stay, you're still working um, in the Ember way, but you just added a few things on the, you know, on in the in the whole build tool chain or in the process. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, this is just like this. This seems to me um, to be very, very, like very important. You know, so that many, many people can actually adopt Ember and use it. It's going to be a huge productivity boost. I mean, yeah, you know, you can get having Ember CLI to start a project. That was already huge, in my opinion, because um, you can get started so much faster. But now you can just you have this whole ecosystem that you can reach into and install things, you know, with a single command line and get up and running. I mean, I did that for my, you know, demo example getting um web sockets installed mm -hmm. i mean that took that took nothing mm -hmm. i mean it was it's amazing you know you can do all these things you can add into your app mm -hmm. just basically like you know in node you have npm where you can add your your packages so yeah it's it's an enormous productivity boost and i think this is going to take things uh, to the next level yeah this is it's a good point. Like it's a it's an, a productivity boost because if somebody already made an add-on that you can use, that you can just put it in, and that's and that's great. And but on the other hand, it's also it just creates this uh, cohesiveness for for the Ember community, for the Ember for for every Ember developer. If you have basically, you can do anything, anything you need, anything you want to integrate with Ember, you can integrate with Ember, and still do everything in the so to speak ember way which means that if you have if you have other ember developers joining the project they will all know where to find what and how to work on this app immediately basically yep. if they if they have some experience so so this this kind of consistency that they create with this with basically every single amber or like 99% of all amber projects will be this way you know yep. like that's that's amazing like you can't that's just this is this is this really i mean the i guess it's it's also very much influenced from the from the ruby and rails world which which is similar i guess because most rails developers will know exactly where to find what in any rails project or most rails projects <clears throat> and that's kind of the world where at, le uh, at least um yehuda comes from but yeah it just blows my mind because front front end projects and javascript projects so far have been uh very individual and very different and build processes and all that stuff 
um, have been, yeah, you, you just have your opinion. Most people, many people, they just write their own thing and then they use, you know, yeah, there's just no consistency. You don't know where your files are, um, you know, like where, um, like in any kind of, if you switch from, from one company to another company and, and they use maybe the same framework, they could use totally different build processes and have a totally different file structure and all this kind of stuff. And that's just, that's just how it normally is. Exactly. Because yeah. there's this, no convention. That again goes in, into productivity and um, even for yourself. I mean, you know, I don't do this kind of stuff full time. It's just sort of a, um, a project that I do in when I have spare cycles. And mm -hmm. just alone that to step away and then come back, you can you, you save yourself so much time by not having to work into the project again, because, mm -hmm. you know, everything has a certain structure and uh, it makes sense. Um, and that's, a, you know, the whole thing with the add-ons and, and, and these things that we've mentioned so far, that just shows you again how well thought out everything is from top to bottom. It's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. It basically means that you can totally, you can just relax because if you, if you agree with everything, right, then you just say, okay, relax. There's super smart people working on all these things and I'm just going to buy into this hundred percent and I'll be very, very productive because every time I start an Ember project or I'm working on my Ember project, I'm concentrating on writing the app and I'm not concentrating on writing configuration code or build script code or anything like that it's just going to be from the start you start uh, with your ember cli whatever app thing right you create an ember app and then you start writing the app and nothing else and this is exactly and i mean you have to or we have to say that yes there is a is a steep learning curve but i think um it's getting much better and i i totally agree with what you say is so much of the I don't know. Boring work is taken away. I mean, I'm you know, I guess that it, it it's it's not for everyone, maybe. Mm -hmm. But I at this point at least, I don't have that much time to play around with stuff all the time. So if I can get to the point uh really quickly and consistently, then that for me is extraordinarily important. Yeah. No, I that's totally clear it's not it's not for everybody that's that's for sure but that but, but it's definitely something that that you just that doesn't exist otherwise in any other framework ecosystem or whatever and i find this kind of focus on productivity very very uh very interesting and um yeah so that's definitely a big a big uh shout out to, to add yeah, <laughs> yeah. Very yeah, cool. I mean, and then, you know, the next thing, the JavaScript modules, that, that just plays into, again, the, the all the things that Yehuda Katz is involved in. Um, he's on the TC39 committee, so mm -hmm. the work he did here informed the work he did or does at, you know, in the committee and vice versa. So he has he has his paws in everything, and it's, and it's a good thing, I think, because the, the modules, that brings another level of... Uh, I don't know, clean code or organization to the table that, that I really like. Um, so there's another plus for in, in that same direction. Yeah, I find that also 
um, a very interesting choice, and it totally makes sense because uh, because Yehuda is part of the the committee, um, and what what they say what they said on on the conference was also that they basically guarantee that Ember JS will always be an early adopter of the newest JavaScript standards, and what they're currently using is, as far as I know, Babel JS to uh, to transpile the ES6 code or ES2015 mm-hmm. code whatever um, to to ES5 um, um, compliant code and um, yeah and they're using JavaScript modules and here again I just read a blog post I think it was by Rebecca Murphy um, actually I don't know if, if it was in that post where I read that but there was some post um that i read that i read online that where somebody was basically saying they don't know should they use amd modules or should they use common js modules and it would be so great if we would have the javascript modules um if we could use them already and blah 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 so this seems to be definitely is still an issue for for uh many developers that they maybe are a little bit confused and they don't really know hey i want to use modules but i don't know which one which you know which standard is the best choice right now and um here again they just they just put it into ember cli just said hey we're going to use yeah it's not a decision you have to make i mean yeah and it um... it makes a lot of sense and the thing is like also in that in that article, the the new JavaScript modules were favored, and she, and she I think it was actually the Rebecca Murphy article, and she she was saying, you know, it'd be great if you could use it. But the thing is, you can already use it. It's it's possible because you have something like uh, Babel JS, and it makes total sense to just go ahead and as soon as you can use it, just to use it, period. Because that's what we're gonna use in the future, and maybe not so far away future even, and um, so. Yeah. So, and that's also where, basically, that's also where Angular JS is going to, and I think uh, I think React is also moving into the ES6 world and stuff like that. And yeah, so it definitely that's that's just yeah. Let's they just make the choice for you, and I think it's a it's a great choice, and and uh, I I think it's exciting that they are, um, um, basically, er- saying we're early adopters of the es uh, the newest es whatever standards exactly yeah yeah so that's yeah. that's great and they also did some improve uh, improvements with uh, with ember data um they introduced some something that's called async relationships uh, as for, i understood it the way i understood i understood it was that basically um all the requests so far or the requests by default were were synch- synchronous requests um in, yeah, they had a, in the relationship mix they had a mix of it and they sort of came out and said that they you know they pre- pretty much admit that that was a mistake to go down that road yeah um, because you can't guarantee when things arrive so basically everything has to be async um, especially in relationships um, they gave that example of the blog again. If if a comment comes in, then you have to update your your actual post to uh, know that it has a has a new comment. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think the to me the 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 more interesting thing, or or just 
the fifth theme, the theme continues here because they have, you know, they announced, announced that they essentially have a, an adapter ecosystem now. Yeah. And that there's right. adapters for Firebase, CouchDB, Rails, Parse, mm -hmm. and then JSON API. So that is growing too. And Ember data is no longer this weird, strange thing that, oh, you have to, you know, do it exactly this way. Otherwise it won't work. Mm -hmm. No, there's already adapters for a number of uh, backend systems and I'm sure that's just going to grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. And it's the same, it's the same method. They have their, they have their way. They want, you know, like it best would be if your, if your API is compliant with Ember data, but if it's not, you can just make it compliant with the, with an adapter and that apparently works uh, really well. So yeah, so it's genius. So you can always, you can, everybody can use Ember data no matter um, um, how your API looks and you just write your adapter um, so that, so that you can, and then you can use those very convenient um, methods that you have to talk with Ember data and get your data. Yep. Yeah. That was pretty much the recap. So they did this initial first section to sort of say, hey, this is what we've done up until now um, and just to prove that the things that we announced last year mostly did happen, maybe a little bit delayed, but we delivered on our promises and then they they basically started looking forward and announced what is going to be next. Exactly. So that was the what next what yep. next section and uh so the first thing i have here is version guides yeah that's totally awesome that you can now basically select the version of the framework that you are currently working in and have the guides be f specifically for that yeah that's uh, great i mean that's something that uh angular actually did since the beginning i think or very early mm -hmm. on and that's definitely uh Actually, it's very important that you have that, I think. Um, oh, yeah. Because yeah, there was, you know, even though I th always thought that the guides were pretty good, you could tell that there's a disconnect, especially when you're, you know, sort of on the bleeding edge or leading edge and there was nothing, you know, it was still a few releases back that kind of sucked. But mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they are fixing that. And it's out now. You can actually see... Version one ten and one eleven is uh, has their have their own guides. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the the URL is uh, guides.emberjs.com. Yep. Yeah. So and also uh, Ember CLI now is the official way to start with uh, with Ember. So that basically made its way to the website itself. And uh, exactly. Yeah, because the original tutorial um, in the Ember guides was just basically stick everything into one HTML file. Yep. Um, one HTML file and one JavaScript file and try to scale that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that didn't make any sense. Yeah. But yeah, but this is basically it has it has evolved. Ember CLI has involved uh, evolved to this de facto Ember.js build tool chain thing. And they did some incredible work. I mean Joe Liss, I think is her name. Um, she did this broccoli. Yeah, the whole thing is built on broccoli, and she she wrote that build tool. Yeah, exactly. Which is um, which is uh, very performant, or it definitely um, um, works very well for for big applications as well. 
and yeah so it's built on that and they they moved away from i think a grunt based uh build to build tool thing how, how was the other thing called the first yeah the predecessor was ember app kit that was built on top of grunt mm -hmm. and um they they sort of that was the learning experience to go to the next level so yeah yeah so so basically that that so they went from the app kit to ember cli and that was now thing that everybody started using even the core the core team used that and it was just logical to put it on the website and it just made its yep. way there. Yep. And apparently what's coming is um, our engines, which allow you to namespace pieces of your apps. And that's something that I think is very important, um, especially for companies that work with multiple teams maybe that, that are working on one big app. Um, if they need to work on like their separate pieces that is that's very helpful uh, yeah that so it basically the way i understood it it lets you break up the the app into fully encapsulated parts right that you can work on independently so that would be very helpful like you said in, in companies with multiple teams or large teams and that would also mean that that one specific piece of the app can fail without the rest failing yeah i, w I would I would um, guess. Yeah, so so that's uh, I think that's uh, that's pretty important for 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 bigger projects. That's for sure. And um, yeah, so uh, oh yeah, the angle the angle brackety components. So that was also in the what next section. Um, and they made this joke where he said that um, uh, Yehuda sometimes called those components angular components, which oh, was very right, confusing right. <laughs> in the office. They they did a pretty good job of of delivering a, a humorous um, keynote. I have to say, yeah. the two of them were quite quite amusing to watch. <laughs> yeah, definitely, it was very entertaining. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, something that they call a, a list view um, will become better. Do you do you know what list I view is? I have never used that. No. Um, I am not sure. I guess there there were performance um, questions or issues with it that have been addressed. Yeah, but I can't I can't say anything to that. Yeah, to me it sounds like it's uh, basically a view that is a list. And yeah. I mean that's that's always a um, you know with the scrolling and and yeah. that's always a problem. So that's definitely I a think problem. that's solving part of that. Yeah, I mean that would be very important. I think because most apps display lists yep. in some form, you know, it's mostly data in list form. Um, yeah. So they also they also said that the Liquid Fire um, library, I guess you would call it, uh, which is an uh, animation library for Ember, is going to become highly compatible with every single Ember release. And that's something that they that they talked about later on. Yeah, I mean the the author of that, Edward Faulkner, he's now even a core team member, so mm -hmm. they're taking that pretty seriously. I guess they they like it. I don't personally know exactly what it is, but I will certainly find out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when when I was um, when I was looking at Ember, I definitely was I was wondering how you would transition how you would animate transitions of uh, sub views or views. And I was looking around for 
for an animation way to animate those things in amber basically and liquid fire was the one thing that i found that looked mm. very solid i mean it, the site is great the docs are you know like um um look really good and are thorough and um and it there was basically also nothing else you know there was no every you know like stack overflow question basically pointed towards that or so that that was like also one you know <laughs> one point where you can turn to again to do to, that takes care of that thing right and um it has been that for for a little while already um so so again and it seems to be really solid people are very happy with it so um yeah that's cool it's it's the same philosophy again right we've repeating we've been we've been repeating that and i think that what this whole keynote did for me it really it really emphasized this holistic holistic uh, aspect of ember you know like that was for me that was the, the kind of the star of this uh this keynote that they have all those different parts that fit together that take all those decisions away from you so that you can focus on building uh, an app so right i, think, I, I mean think not not only even just on the technical side of things but even everything around ember the community everything seems to be very well thought out um or at least given attention and and you can tell i mean yeah and you can you know. see that it's building you know over yep. the years it's always building like they definitely take care to to make good decisions in in the things that are important right now and then they build on that and build on that and it just becomes this cohesive big kind of thing that's very uh flexible at the same time which yep. is pretty impressive um yeah so they're gonna introduce a async and routable components um which basically means that i don't know what it means um, <laughs> the, i guess i mean routable components is pretty clear they you'll be able to to um, use components and basically um um address define them with routes and them i guess yeah define routes to to access data in them or something like that Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and they're going to be ac i don't know i don't um, yeah i i don't really understand um how they were working before and how now this is different so yeah i guess i'll we'll have to skip that <laughs> can't elaborate on that part either yeah but uh, it sounds great so yoohoo <laughs> <laughs> async is always good and routable is also good so um yeah so ember 2.0 um they were talking about the deprecation notices and that so from what I understood um they basically said that they are they are implementing the features that are going to land that are going to be part of or that are part of the 2.0 release all those features are being into, uh, are being implemented right now and uh, in the 1.x releases and they're with those features they are implementing uh, deprecation notices that are very explicit and that also tell you how to um, to do it differently how to do it in the new way so to speak if you're doing something uh, in, in in a deprecated way and 
and when you upgrade consistently uh, consistently upgrade your your ember installation then and make those changes so that you don't get those deprecation notices when you then transition to ember 2.0 which basically just removes all that code that creates compatibility compatibility with those older um, ways to do things, then it will be a very easy transition to exactly yeah you, you you sort of automatically arrive at two point it's it's sort of the the journey is um, yeah the feature I guess is um, to get you there it's not like um, it'll come out and then you have to do something no if you f- if you follow the the point release is you will automatically arrive at 2.0 and that's basically it. So it's um, yeah, it's very developer-friendly, I would call that. Yeah, and also very unusual, I would call yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Because usually you have, uh, you have the 1.x and then you have a bunch of work that goes into 2.0 and then maybe less work goes into the 1.x and then you have... A new release, a new major release that breaks everything and does everything differently, exactly. Or or just brings in a couple, like a bunch of new features and deprecates some stuff, and it's just um, a lot of work to get your one dot x version up to snuff so that you can use the um, the, the the next bigger. Yeah, version. or you potentially can't um, without doing major rewrites. So yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so they're just they're just dragging everybody along. Everybody exactly. who's willing to update every six weeks, they're really definitely uh, dragging yep. everybody along. So, yeah, very interesting. I'm definitely um, interested in, in in hearing. Like I'm, I'm curious to see if many people, many apps, were able to make that transition as fluent as they describe it will be. Yeah, I mean, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm, the app that I'm working on is, is very smallish, I would say, and uh, uh, maybe not that ambitious. But when I go from one release to the next and then rebuild and you watch uh, the console output in, in, in your browser, it's really cool. You get all these messages that tell you precisely what is currently being deprecated and what you need to do in order to go fix it and where. I mean, come on. It's like... It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then it's you go fantastic. do that. And you work on it for you know I don't know half hour or whatever. In in my case, and it's, you're done. Mm. You know, mm. um, that's that's pretty sweet. It's get it gets handed to you on a platter basically. I mean, you know, yeah, that's it, very exciting. You don't I have to do anything cool. basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some work, but it. I mean, they make it extremely easy. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, actually, uh, I'm just wondering if you could even go so far as to write a script that just runs over your code and just makes those changes from any of those. Features. Yeah, it's probably people wouldn't like that, but and could be potentially dangerous. But uh, I mean, if they, you know, I get think they're getting as close as you can. They basically yeah. tell you, um, you know, what you need to change and how. Um, that's pretty sweet. It's yeah. like having your change log, a, a really good change log, but right in your environment. You don't have to go somewhere else to read it. It's you, you basically stumble over it. 
because mm -hmm. it's it's in your face, you know. So yeah. it's very useful. So the next thing they were talking about was the JSON JSON API, which um, so basically the JSON API is the the st standard standard that works best f with with Ember data. So so the basically it's a standard for for an API how an API should work to work um, well with Ember data. And uh, so this is also a very new thing. I um, I don't know. Did we talk about this last time already? I think maybe a little bit. I can't remember if it was in on the on the show or if it was in my talk. But but this is something that is sort of developed uh, in parallel to um, to Ember and Ember Data, yeah. and uh, not necessarily in lockstep. Uh, one thing informed the other, and vice versa. So you know everything that Yehuda seems to do affects other projects. Um, but basically, this isn't necessarily limited to Ember data. It's just a, an attempt to put a specification out there to standardize how a JSON API should behave. And then, because the thing that you have to, I mean, I, I did a lot of this in my integration work with, with other APIs, and the most painful thing, the thing that takes the most time is to learn um, how that company's or how that provider's API works. What are the intricacies? Because there's always these little edge cases that everybody handles differently. And um, this is an attempt to bring, bring it all down to a single language or standard. So then you could actually, you know, instead of having to have custom clients for all these APIs that you consume, you can write one generic JSON API compliant client and talk to them all without doing any work. So if another one comes online that is compliant, you just, you know, hook up the endpoints. You don't have to do any kind of customization. It would be huge. Yeah. And um, they, I guess, you know, are going to or, or found it to be a good idea to have Ember Data implement this or adhere to it um, for those specific reasons that you get these benefits. Yeah, it's uh, it's developed uh, for uh, developer happiness again. Yep. And um, uh, and again, there's a bunch of very smart people working on this, and um, and I'm sure there's not everybody's going to agree. Um, but, oh no, there's yeah. I but, mean, if you you if you read the um the uh, the latest, I think they put it in a pull request. The R RFC, I'm not sure, but there's like a, a thread that's ten miles long, and it was even on Hacker News a few days ago. Like Yehuda put out a tweet and said, yeah, he came home and he had to answer a bunch of uh, things on Hacker News to try to, you know, not appease people, but to try to inform them because there was a lot of people that basically think it's, uh, you know, it's a futile exercise or a, mm -hmm. not a smart thing to do. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, again, it's just something that it just makes sense to me to yeah. reduce to reduce the... Um, the unnecessary work that comes with all this stuff, you know. Um, yeah. I'm sure you can. I'm sure that that um, JSON API will be able to to cover um, eighty percent or ninety percent of all cases, and then of course you will have, you know, um, 
other cases that are more more uh, that have other requirements exactly but um yeah so it, it's it's just like uh with all the the convention over configuration it's it's just it's it's just a large percentage that they're covering but that you know helps a lot of people so that does yep. definitely make sense and so they're also going to um support pa pagination and filtering in mm -hmm. Android data which um i think is is very good because that's something that you do just like list view that's <laughs> basically that goes hand in hand with a list view right you need you have that's what you do most of the time in most apps like it's again like an 80 20 thing i guess where you have you you get some data and then you dis display it in a list mostly and then you have to paginate or you have to filter it or whatever so it d definitely makes a lot of uh, sense that that list view and pagination and filtering become very important parts um, in in Ember and Ember data, because this is something that people shouldn't be implementing anymore. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's this, a solved problem. Yeah, and it's you. Yeah, exactly. It's just a waste of time. It's just people mm. implement, implementing the same thing and making the same mistakes all the time. Yeah, I mean, so, I can see that in in our projects where you know where I work, we have maybe four or five people that contribute to the API, the company internal API, and I you know I put out best practice documents and stuff like that, but we can't even agree on you know <laughs> the response format and what the names of the various parameters should be that come up over and over and over again, you know. The start date, the end date, is it start time, end time, is it, you know, whatever, how do you do sorting and things like that. And um, this is something that... It's in every, almost every project. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So that should just be a feature in the framework. And the, exactly. Or it should be a feature, I don't know, in the browser or... In, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's, just, it's ridiculous that you have to think about this stuff. Uh, well, I guess it's not, but um, but it's great if you can if you can have those tools in your yep. framework, basically. Um, Ember two They actually announced it. I was surprised they put a date on that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, to me, and and maybe maybe that's for them too. The date itself isn't really the big kicker here, um, because what they they basically made this, you know, very dramatic thing saying Ember 2.0 will ship on June 12th and then Ember Inspector will ship on June 12th. This is all the 1.0 beta versions. Mm -hmm. They did the same thing for Ember CLI, Ember Data, Ember Liquid Fire mm -hmm. and List View. But what um, I think the most important thing here um, or the big productivity win is, is that essentially what that means is that all of these components of the Ember ecosystem now move forward in lockstep. Um, so their versions change the same on the same dates, basically. So yeah, no so, so the major can... versions, right? So they're, what yep. they're doing is lops, uh, lockstep breaking changes. Exactly. And they're all committing to Semver, to semantic versioning. Yep. And, and that just, this is one other thing, like one of the things that blew my mind that just plays into the things we've been saying over and over now in this podcast that uh, this is all optimized for 
productivity, for um, develop a happiness, and and it enables you as a developer always to use the newest versions. To, exactly of everything. I mean, it's basically it's yeah. It it solves the problem of one of your components in your environment basically having been you know it fell back in versioning and it's no longer compatible now you have to go and bug the maintainer to update it or you have to fork it and fix it yourself this basically guarantees that your your environment is always intact that's that's the thing and that's again yeah huge productivity boost yeah yeah because it gives you the newest features whenever they they land in ember and cli ember cli and all those things and those those are also like su- such important parts of this whole build tool chain and and just app building yeah they're they're really trying to deliver the whole the whole package from you know the tech part that that is all um, very well thought out and, and works nicely, but then also the community, etc. Um, everything. I, I don't know. It's you just have to watch. Really, if you haven't seen this um, this video or the videos of the conference, just go and look at that and see um, the cohesive message that you get from that. In my opinion, at least, mm-hmm. how everything fits together, and um, yeah. It's just, it's nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, to me, that's the selling point for Ember. Because at the end of the day, I think frameworks like Angular and React and um, whatever else will be the next one, big one, whatever, it, they're all going to be uh, mostly on par with when it comes to ability and features and stuff like that at some point. But uh, but. To achieve what they are, uh, what they are currently achieving, this whole cohesive ecosystem around Ember, that is something that is not going to be easy. That's not going to be easy to copy or to have. It's it's just I think it's actually for how other frame, frameworks are built and the communities work is actually impossible. And so 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 to me, this is the absolute absolutely the selling point for for ember.js and i'm absolutely i'm just whenever i think about this and and just the effort that they put into it and that the that they achieve that they were able to achieve this and they have this community that supports this and and it's um so diverse and there's multiple companies involved and there's so much care that goes into this i'm just Always just I, I very impressed. <laughs> like I get that is maybe even an understatement. Like it's just every time um, this this Emberconf video was just uh, yeah it was just very. It's inspiring too. I mean it's it's uh, it's energizing to watch something like that. And you know, like I said last time, I think you know made me want to get on a plane and go there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I already told my wife. It's like, okay, next year I want to go to Portland. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll make yeah. it a family vacation or something. Exactly. You just have to yeah. make it work. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's it's worth it. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So they're making a, a commitment uh, about stability about um, across the entire ecosystem. I yeah, and they and they make it. Well. You know, they make it clear that that's it's a feature. You know, and and, and it is so true that that. You know the fast release process, the uh, lockstep thing we just talked about, is really 
it's a feature because if it's if you it don't is. have that it's, it's the killer feature experience yeah yeah it's the killer feature and yeah. you will see you will see um uh, people companies that 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 bet on ember they will they will very much profit from that and um being part of this community and yep. uh, it will help them to be successful for sure um yeah so so then they then they announced fast boot well actually they didn't announce because it was announced so they talked about this beforehand but they talked about fast boot and fast boot um is basically their way to to do client side rendering of the app so how that works server side is, rendering of oh the sorry apps. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the server side it's it's getting late I'm <laughs> falling over here uh yeah server side rendering of the app so basically they made it possible to um render the app how it's rendered in the front end just exactly the same way in on the server as well so it talks the app talks to the API to Ember Data or whatever, just exactly the same way how it would in the browser. They, um, Sorry. Um, no, you were just breaking up there for a second. I oh, was just saying okay. that basically they run it in Node, and it's exactly yeah. like you said. Yeah. They essentially run run your app on the server, generate the HTML, and send it up. Basically, it boots very fast. That's what the name says. You you get the HTML from the server right away, and the app on top of that is usable right up right out of the box. So of course, once the JavaScript is loaded, it will take over, and everything will just happen um, in the browser without any uh, actual reloads. But um, <coughs> if if you are if you are clicking on a link in the app before the JavaScript is loaded, it will just do the same thing. It will get the HTML from the node server and it will basically be a server-side rendered app. Yep. And they, they demoed that on stage. I think that was the big thing is they actually proved that it is no longer vaporware. They actually showed it. Yeah, exactly. It was, yeah. was a very simple app, but basically... And, I think I don't know if it's completely done yet, or if they're still working on it and uh, work it in. Or, but the the thing is that once it is um, in Ember, um, then it will just be like a switch that you can switch on and off, and it just that's all. Like there's nothing else you need to do, and that of course is is amazing because it totally it totally solves the problem of. You know those heavy JavaScript apps that take forever to load. It will just be there right away. You can use it. Boom. That's that's it. End of story. And also, it solves the SEA the SEO question. You know, with JavaScript yep. apps and stuff like that. And, and it's you know, like you said, it's it's out of the box. It's this is a super hard problem to solve, and it's again something you can just turn on, and it's part of the um, the framework. And I thought the really cool part thing or a really cool thing Tom Dale did. He showed how he basically curled um, a URL mm -hmm. and um, it splatted the HTML on the on the console. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So this is also this is something that is also I think 
every framework, every JavaScript framework will have to be able to do this. I mean, uh, React is already able to do this. They were able to do it out of the box because of their virtual DOM. And, um, but I'm pretty sure that now, since Ember has it out of the box, like Angular will have to have a way to do that too. Maybe in the 2.0 version, they think of yep. this. I, I'm not sure. But this is something I think that is just now will have to become just a standard feature of a JavaScript framework. Yeah. Because it's the usefulness is just. There's no question, you know, like you, you need to be, ha you ha when you go to a website, you have to be able to see something right away and it has to be usable right away. That there's, that's just the optimal way how this thing works. That's how the web works best and stuff. And then, yeah, so this is just a, a beautiful marriage, you know, of uh, server-side HTML and uh, and a JavaScript application. I think it's, uh, it's yeah. It's just, yep. um, it's really good. Yeah, so um, it's, we, yeah, I think we. Uh, well, that's, that that was performance, right? So that improves the, your your first page load, basically. And then the next big topic, they uh, took, you know, they made it in, in its own headline, basically, is they wanted to talk about performance, and they. Um, they brought back this example of um, Ryan Florence's uh, talk. I think it was at, was it ReactConf? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where he basically showed this example of um, uh, React, Angular, and Ember, and uh, how the three of them, well, React obviously did very well, but Angular completely, yeah, bombed basically. No, Ember. This, yeah. You just said Angular. I'm sorry, Ember. <laughs> um, yeah, Ember was the worst performer out of the three. Yeah. Angular actually did pretty good, and uh, obviously React was great. But um, yeah, they actually stood up there on stage and showed the video of how he did this uh, presentation and then <laughs> basically said, yeah, okay, that sucked. You were right. And they did something about it, so... That's when they announced Glimmer, basically a complete rewrite of their rendering engine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting too, because Yehuda Katz was basically showing that um, because of their curly braces in the template uh, templating language in Ember, you were able, or they they were able to to do an optimized version of what React is doing, because React has to really go through every dom node and has to check every class did something change that text change here or didn't it and stuff like that and in ember the only things that actually can change in the html are the places where you have curly braces so they only have to check those so what they do is actually they create um not a complete dom tree but just the tree of those um those uh, dynamic points in the dom and that actually i think they said that <clears throat> in their own benchmarks uh, they were actually a little faster than than the react um, app so so yeah so basically that they showed they showed that they they showed the same application that ryan florence florence uh, 
showed at the React Conf where Ember did really bad, and they showed that Ember was performing like blazing fast, and yep. uh, that was a great like you know moment at the conference where everybody was applauding. And it was uh, was very impressive, especially yeah. because they showed the failure before in the video with Ryan Florence, and then basically that was redemption, and also that application you can you can visit it right now you can go to dbmonster.firebaseapp.com and you can you can watch it go and make all those requests and and stuff so that was uh that was a very entertaining part i would say but also um just a great great to see that they're catching up with the performance because that's that was definitely a big uh minus point for ember yeah, I mean, I think most most apps probably won't hit that, but um, you know, now at least there's no more there's no more excuses, and and yeah. and the bottom line is basically everybody everybody benefits from it, and um, the rewrite of the engine again is all compatible with what's already there. That's just going to come out in one thirteen, which is not the next release, but the one after that, and um, yeah, you'll just have that feature in there without having to do anything for it yeah and there's also there's a site that you can visit it's um is dash ember dash fast dash yet dot firebase app.com where you can uh, see the progress that they're making um because if you go if you visit that url now it's going to show it's going to say no and it's going to it's going to tell you how many uh, tests they still have to uh, how many tests are still failing um, in their current test suite um, uh, right now and and basically how many they still have to make work so that they can then merge glimmer the engine into into the ember in the current ember stable right. release basically yep yeah so that's so I'm basically I made it happy because uh, one of my uh, Twitter friends, he is always tweeting out every Friday. He's tweeting out uh, a URL that's uh, called is is it Friday dot com, <laughs> and it and it comes out every Friday. So it's always yes whenever he tweets it out, and uh, and uh, so I'm always responding to that one with the is Amber Fast yet URL. So I made it a habit oh, okay. to check it to check it back. <laughs> <laughs> and and they made a lot of progress in in just uh, I think a couple of weeks or something. It yeah. was it was red just a couple of weeks ago, and now they're just they're just Greenish. a few tests yeah, I away. I saw um, Tom Dale sent something out today, and he's like getting so close. And uh, yeah, and yeah. what was interesting too, I think, um, just re- just right after they 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 put the opening keynote online on YouTube, I think I saw a tweet from from somebody who's working on react at facebook and they were saying that they're actually introducing a way to optimize um their diffing thing in react where they where they um diff the the dom to with the virtual dom to ignore the static stuff as well ah, trying to competition find... mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so it makes it makes re- it will make react better too yeah so everybody will... benefits that's yeah. awesome it's <laughs> awesome yeah yeah so um that was it that was it in a nutshell mm-hmm. 
We had the disclaimer in the beginning. There would be lots of gushing. <laughs> there we go. There's a lot of gushing. Uh, but it's, it's really hard to not not be excited. I mean, I don't know. It's yeah. just uh, what they're doing is is fantastic, and it's it's everything is so so positive, you know, and um, it's just contagious. And yeah, my people might say, you know, I drank too much Ember uh, Kool Aid or whatever, but you know, it's. Uh, it's very impressive, like you said several times. So yeah, I encourage everybody to go and to, if you don't look at anything else of, of the conference, just at least take the hour or whatever and go and check out that video. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I think for me, it's just, this is, those are just things that I find that, that just very much speak to me as the kind of developer that i am i mean I'm, I'm sure you know there's lots of developers that that like to have the ultimate flexibility of being able to configure everything or me maybe even write their own things and stuff like that and <clears throat> and that's totally legit and and great but for for me personally i'm getting when i see this stuff i really get super super excited and um because it just yeah, it just takes away so many, so many tedious things that people have to do over and over and that I've seen people do over and over in projects that you can just take away. You can just take away. You can just trust that this is, there. there is a good solution for this. There's a good solution for animations and for my build tools. And I just can, if I need something special, I plug it in and it just works and I can just get to work on my app. And um, I think this is just worth uh, tons. I mean, this is worth money, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, and the thing is also, you know, it's for, I think for new developers too, maybe if you're entering the field now, you know, front end development has become extremely complicated. I mean, there are yeah. so many things to it now, so many things you need to learn. I mean, there's even complaints that I, I read, you know, in this past weekend that, you know, you have to do all these things just to get Ember CLI to work. You have to install Node, NPM, et cetera. And that's already a big step for a lot of people. But just think about if you had to do all the things that Ember CLI does, all the things that Ember Data does. Um, it's so insane. You just can't. I mean, you can, it's but mind-boggling. It's, it's not going to be as good. It's just not yeah. going to be as good. It's not going to be as performant. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just going to, yeah. I mean, you know, I totally understand if you want to do it because you want to learn something or something, right? That's totally makes tons of sense. But if you just want to get started with an application, have an idea for that, you can. And so actually, um, recently I listened, I listened to Sean Devine's podcast again, um, the Ruby on Rails podcast, and he was talking um, to a guy who, who uh, wrote a book. Um, actually, I don't remember what the book was about, but I remember one specific thing where he recommended that if you are a Rails programmer, you um, should, whenever you have an idea for an app, you should have like a little folder um, on your computer where you have like like sketch apps, basically. Yeah, you, you, you actually, you have an idea and you then you, you just scaffold out a Rails project and you start implementing that idea just as a sketch, so to speak. And those apps basically are allowed to, um, to never be finished, right? 
they're just sketches they never have to be finished if you want you can finish them or or make something out of it but it's basically just um yeah it's like like uh, a sketch notepad or something like that just in code form basically and and a folder in, on your computer so and i was thinking that this is this kind of culture and thinking you know is very um popular in the in the rails community because they also have the convention of a configuration they're very productive with with rails and i was just thinking that this is also exactly what you could if you are comfortable with ember and you went through the learning curve and you you know how to use it and you know you have your ember cli like this is very easy to do now like you can you can go ahead if you have an um, idea for an app you could just scaffold a, a sketch out and you know and program it in an hour or two, like just um, a skeleton of your application, and then see. Okay, well, this is cool. Like a proof or of concept. Yeah, proof of com yep. concept. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, mm -hmm. and just do like multiples of those in in a, uh, you know during the course of a, a month or so, and then see. Hey, maybe one of those I want to take one of those further or whatever. Yeah, and I've actually heard quite a few people um, that I follow on Twitter say that they. They use Ember for prototyping because they're mm -hmm. so good at it now. They mm -hmm. couldn't think of anything else. It's so quick to just throw mm -hmm. something up. You know, they can they can basically make an app within half an hour or an hour, at least the concepts or the, the outlines of it, exactly what you were saying. And because of all the tooling now. Yeah, it's, because it's, it's no like there's fast. no overhead for you anymore. Yeah. There's no cognitive like mountain to climb anymore like there's everything like all that stuff because if you want to scaffold something out with with angular and you are not you know working with angular you didn't do 10 angular pro projects already and you have some sort of a scaffolding thing or you have like a little setup that you can use to scaffold out a, pro a prototype then um it will always take a lot of extra work that that will basically be the argument not to do it, you know, yeah. that will always be an, it will be, you, it will definitely, yeah, it, I think this is, this is something that people are thinking about often. I think that those, those moments where maybe you want to have, you want to try something out and then you won't do it because you don't have this, the basic setup yet. And you would have to tinker around. It would take you too long. Yeah. You'd lose was, half the time on, on just getting it set up. Exactly. You will actually use, I think you would use all the time because yeah. you, you need half an hour to an hour or so to figure out, Oh, which library am I going to use? You know, mm -hmm. am I going to use gulp or grunt or, you know, okay, now I have to download some plugins, you know, let's get some plugins for this. And now, Oh, I have to configure this and now I have to configure a transpiler for my uh, JSX or mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it just doesn't stop. And it's also honestly, this stuff I, for me personally, I think that stuff is fun too. You know, it's fun to, make your little build tool thing but it's definitely something that keeps you away from being productive right away and with, with when you know ember and you know the the build tools you just do ember cli app bup, 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 and you can write on you can try something out and um, exactly yeah uh, that's just worth a lot and what you said before about the the learning curve i just wanted to say i think so this is something that I haven't experienced, so I'm not talking from experience, but what I have read and seen so far and heard so far is that the learning curve for Ember is pretty steep in the beginning, but once you have that down, 
you from then you are just gonna be productive mostly yeah and even when you need to learn new stuff it becomes more intuitive because it follows the same path that's the experience that i've had there's a hump to get over mm -hmm. that is weird and yes there's you know a lot to take in but then as new things come out like components etc all the structure everything is always the same and it makes sense you know and it's yeah. The, to get to the next level is then a lot less effort. That's that's been my experience. Yeah, and um, and many people have said that the learn, for instance, uh, as a contrast, the learning experience with Angular is that you you get into Angular in the beginning, it's like mind blowing. This is you know it makes you productive um, to a certain degree, and then you hit some challenges and you have a steep learning curve. And then it goes down again and you're like, woo, okay, now this, now I understand it. And then you hit another one and then you hit another one. And there's like multiple learning curves for different types of project uh, problems. And um, so it's more like a up and down thing. And with Ember, it seems to be more like a one time, like very steep learning curve. It goes up and up and up. And then it's just like mostly smooth sailing. I don't. That's maybe a little bit too too uh, yeah, optimistic. Yeah, I, I don't. But, I don't um, know. I mean, can't say this for you know. I don't want to bash on Angular at all. Um, oh, I've had bashing. this experience. It's just no, no, no. something I've seen. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that you. The thing I was about okay. to say is basically, I've had that experience where you know, I've had a developer say, I, I can do it much faster if I do it the old way or the way I'm you know used to doing it, which was basically no framework, you know, all by hand. Mm -hmm. he could get to the to the to the result that he needed to have now he could get much faster than if he spent some time getting into a framework and started to move things over so if he had a deadline he had to you know develop or pre, uh, deliver feature x um if he did it the old way he could do it in two days but if he had to go and start learning something else and maybe implement it differently it would maybe take him two weeks or three weeks or even more mm -hmm. but the thing that you forget is you basically are building yourself this big ball of gum and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And after a while, it becomes completely unmanageable because um, you just don't have the experience usually as an individual to, you know, build something of that scale and keep everything structured. And that just multiplies if you have more than one person working on, on the project. And Ember basically keeps everything on, you know, on a straight path. And I think that's where once you get over the hump, that's where it starts paying off unbelievably, hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess what we're saying is check out the video. Yes. <laughs> Although maybe it's going to be... <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's gonna be uh, a little boring now when you when uh, no, no. you know everything i mean the thing you know i think i said that thing about the um tomster thing in the beginning but they also did a we forgot to mention they had a really cool video where they did sort of little um snapshots of of the current uh ember user groups around the planet and uh, i thought that was really neat where they sort of introduced them and had them say things and uh that was that was really fun too i thought Again, one of those community things and how they try to, you know, bring everybody in. It's pretty cool. Yeah. 
Okay, I think uh, I think we're ready to uh, to wrap up and go into yes. uh, um, a pick section. All right. Who starts? Uh, you. I think you should start. All right. My first pick is a uh, uh, password manager. Basically, it's one password. It's something I've been using for a long, long time, and um, I recommend it to a lot of people. Probably most developers. It's a no-brainer or people that deal with this kind of stuff all the time and have gazillions of, um, you know, user accounts all over the interwebs and have, well, at least I hope they use it. Um, but I, I basically find talking to non or people that are not so technical that they still have the same username and password on everything all over the place. Mm -hmm. So um, I basically bought a license for my parents. <laughs> I installed it on their machine and... And, uh, you know, fixed all their stuff up. And I, I have conversations with, you know, my parents, friends and stuff like that. So I'm sort of evangelizing that. Um, just it makes good sense. My wife's email's gotten hacked. My sister's email's gotten hacked. Oh, yeah? And, uh, wow. yeah, I mean, it's it's a constant thing. And if, mm -hmm. you, if you use a password manager, it's not, you know, guaranteed to be, you'd be completely safe. But... If you have, uh, you know, random 20 character passwords on and a different one on each account, then uh, your uh, chances of getting into trouble are a lot less. So I can only recommend, to, even if it's not one password, get, get a password manager, please. Yeah, I can only agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my first pick is... Um, an episode of the German podcast, uh, Working Draft. Um, of course, this is not very uh, in inclusive to our English-speaking listeners, but um, nevertheless, I wanted to pick it because um, I liked the episode. Uh, is it the most recent one? The most recent one, yes. Yeah, I heard that today. That's a really lively conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically what they were talking about is that uh, there was this guy who wrote an article about not liking react very much and uh he actually did um he made a lot of mistakes in that article like he was comparing apples with oranges like basically comparing angular and react frameworks like angular and react to um, web components and saying basically saying you should use web components and stuff like that which doesn't make any sense at all and um <clears throat> yeah so they basically went through that and were discussing in general that there's there's a certain set of people at least in germany um that get kind of annoyed with with the frameworks that are out there with the javascript frameworks and think that they're evil and um and write blog posts about it even though they haven't used any of those frameworks and they were just doing like a public service there a little bit <laughs> <laughs> and uh, doing some educational work and basically saying that, um, explaining why those frameworks are um, fine <laughs> and also important and also uh, important because they help to develop web standards and make browsers better and, uh, and just uh, help developers to do awesome stuff. So yep. that was a great great episode so if you uh, understand german you you should uh, check it out yep all right my second pick is a uh, another utility kind of thing it's uh, called workflowy.com and uh, essentially it's um 
it's an it's a yet another to-do list kind of thing but it is in my opinion radically different um in that it's um essentially you just start writing and you th you start indenting uh things and you basically essentially the whole thing is just one gigantic list but you can drill into it in very clever ways so you can zoom in and out of it um, that lets you wrap your brain around just the little section that you're dealing with at the moment. And um, it's quite surprising what you can do with it. I use it to do pretty much everything now, um, writing down ideas, thoughts, um, you know. It's, uh, yeah, to-do lists, obviously. Um, very, very, very interesting um, concept, in my opinion. And uh, it's free. So there's a paid version too, but um, I haven't needed that yet. So check that out. It's workflowy.com. Cool. Sounds awesome. Um, <clears throat> I, I, um, my second pick is uh, the Is Amber Fast Yet site. I already talked about it um, uh, just a few minutes ago, but um, I just thought it was a, was a cool it was a cool thing that you can see the progress and basically see it, and it's funny and so i yeah that's it <laughs> i just like that good humor yeah it's cool um my third pick is a movie um and it is called big hero six i think in germany it's called baymax um it's the newest disney animation it's just, uh, well, I don't know if it's a typical uh, Disney story. It's it's very fun. It's sort of a high-tech thing. Boy, um, as in all Disney movies, is an orphan. Well, not at first. He he has lost his parents, but now he then even loses his brother, and this, this robot becomes his friend, and uh, it's pretty cool. It's sort of a superhero origin story, and um, because it's based on Marvel, um, they even have, uh, I don't know the guy's name, but uh, the guy who invented uh, Spider-Man and a bunch of the other characters in every single Marvel movie he has a cameo in the Hulk, for example, in Spider-Man and um, yeah, all the other movies. And in this animation, they actually animated him and he comes in as the father of one of the, the um, members of this movie. It's hilarious. Um, I watched this with my kids. Um, probably seen it 10,000 times <laughs> um, it's, <laughs> it's got a good soundtrack too but it's uh it's fun it's just a fun movie nice yeah i definitely want to check it out i've heard uh, good things about it so far and my third pick is the web development reading list do, do you know that reading list no nope. um it's actually also one of the guys that do um the working draft podcast his name is anselm hanemann and uh, mm -hmm. it's just a newsletter, basically, that he pretty consistently sends out every week, I think on Fridays. And um, it's like a little, it's like an email that he writes to his, uh, I mean, it is an email, but it's like how it's written. It's not just, basically, it's a link list. So that's mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say. But he um, he gives context, right? He, so it's a, it's a nice email that he writes to um, to the subscribers, and he 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 ties everything together with a little bit of text, and to every link he gives a little bit of context, and there's so it's all... not just a pure list, then it's exactly yeah, so it's okay. not just a dry list with no context, 
it's uh there's actually it's like an email from a friend with mm-hmm. with a cool. lot with a lot of uh useful uh links that have to do mostly have to do with web development in general so you have uh he covers new stuff that's in um in the browsers or um new stuff that happens in javascript but also links uh, regarding the workplace or work life balance and then there's always like some some curious stuff at the at the end of the mail so um i think it's a it's a very good um link list uh, or reading list um if you're interested in web, in web development and he has gotten a lot of props from people like Ari Asmani and um Oh wow! Sounds um, awesome. So it's in English in that case. It's in English, yeah. yeah. It's in English. Cool. And uh, yeah, so I, I definitely I highly um, uh, recommend it. And uh, he also gives you the opportunity to um, give him a little money via, I think, uh, gra- Grady Pay or something like that, if if you want to support it. So mm-hmm. yeah, nice. Definitely gonna check that out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so and uh I just wanted to give a little update to um what's coming up. So of course uh, I'm going to keep doing the the interview um episodes and I mean we're also talking about maybe doing them together. We'll still have to talk about that and figure out how we would do that. But um um yeah, so I had an interview scheduled with Rockbot who is a developer uh, her her name so Rockbot is her is her Twitter handle and her real name is I think is uh, Raquel Vales is it Vales or Vales looks like Vales yeah so I don't know if I pronounce this correctly but um, she is a developer at NPM um, Inc and is super interested in in robotics and was working in that field so that's that's going to be a cool interview I had to um i had to reschedule because um yeah because of things that were happening in my life and um so that's only going to happen in may unfortunately so it was supposed to happen last week but it didn't work out so it's going to be in may and um there's going to be an interview hopefully this week or next week that I'm going to do with a speaker that is an, an unannounced speaker of the so-coded conference that is going to happen in uh, Hamburg. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's what's, that's what's coming up. And, um, yeah, that's Sounds good. That's it. All right, so I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, you can find all the show notes for this episode on descriptive.audio slash episodes slash 14. If you have any feedback or guest requests, hit me up on Twitter at DescriptivePod or use the feedback form on the website. And I'm H. Gladdergotts on Twitter. And if you like the show, please, please rate us on iTunes. That helps us get better ratings and helps us, uh, yeah, be found by more people. Exactly. Cool. Um, all right. So um, hear, hear you next time. All right. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.